Yo, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Welcome back. This is a Wednesday pod. I hope everybody out there is doing fine and well. I am doing great. I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait. We got a lot to get into. Um, as you can see, as you can tell, we are shifting more towards the NBA and so forth. Uh, obviously, the NFL draft, NFL offseason, we're going to be also covering that too. We got a uh, baseball season coming up, so that should be pretty fun as well. Um, I got <laughs> I got a good one for you guys today. I really do. I really have a good one for you guys. Lined up. I'm ready. Um, some NBA stories I'm going to get into. Some NBA talk I'm going to get into. Ah, man, oh, man, oh, man. And let's just start. Let's you know a lot of a lot of stuff is happening. Uh, Tiger, and first and foremost, let me say this: Tiger Woods got into a serious, um, almost fatal car accident yesterday, or car crash, because uh, he crashed. It wasn't an accident with another car. He, uh, I think so. I got. I'm gonna get more details as the pod go on, but he did have a serious accident, two fractured legs, and I, you know. I'm gonna get more as you know as, as time goes on, but prayers out to him, his family, and so forth, and his well-being. He uh, it was not life-threatening. The injuries were not life-threatening, but he had two fractured legs um, in that car crash. But let's start in the NBA with the Boston Celtics, and. <laughs> I tell you something, the Boston Celtics, they have a dilemma on their hands. And and it's a bit of a harsh truth about the Boston Celtics. Because now the Boston Celtics are 15 and 16, 15 and 16. They had a bad loss on Sunday to Pelicans. They had a 24 point lead. They let the Pelicans come all the way back and win. Then, most recently, Luka Doncic, a really well-played game, Mavericks versus Celtics. Luka comes through big. Luka hits two big threes down the stretch, game-winning three ultimately, and the Celtics are now sitting at 15 and 16. And (laughs) it's so funny. Danny Ainge came out and said, hey, the roster, it's bad. You know, blame me. Blame me for the latest struggles for the Celtics. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually play the clip for you guys. Obviously, is not good. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and that's who we are. But this team, where we are, you know, if there's somebody to blame, this is Danny Ainge to blame. This is not Brad Stevens. It's not Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. It's like we're not good enough right now, and we all know that. And they're not good enough. And he said, blame Danny Ainge. And Danny Ainge, newsflash, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing. Danny Ainge, I have long been, I want to say, I've been so critical of Danny Ainge and the Celtics and their lack of aggression. And you guys all know, I what, what do I say? Make major moves. Do not be do, be aggressive. 
Do not be conservative. Be aggressive and make moves. And the Celtics, how many, how many big time, how many big time notable all-star superstar players that how many shots have the Celtics had at some of these guys? I mean, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. They were they were they were in the James Harden sweepstakes. You know what Danny Ainge said? Danny Ainge said, nah, price too steep. Price is too steep. They went. They were in the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes. You know. You know what Danny Ainge said. Ah, price is a little too high. Price is a little too high. Paul George. Nah, we gotta pass. Gotta pass. Anthony Davis sweepstakes. No. Nope. 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 Price is too high. Price is too steep. They talked themselves out of the deal. They didn't get themselves. A ch- they, they they didn't even get themselves a chance to land one of these big time notable players. They talked themselves out of the deal, and now we have Kimba Walker. We have Kimba Walker to get to because I've told people people thought it was a hot take when I said it, but I said Kimba Walker. He th- and I, and by any means, I like I like Kimba Walker. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player. A lot of people, oh my gosh, so many people used to tell me when Kimba Walker was in Charlotte, so many people used to tell me, Kimba Walker's underrated. He's underrated. He is underrated. So many people used to tell me Kimba Walker was so underrated in Charlotte. And I'm not saying he's not a good player, but Kimba Walker has peaked. Let's be honest. He's peaked. And it was, it was, a, it was a case in Charlotte where he was on a bad team for a lot for a very long time. He was on a bad team, and he was a he was a good player that scored and put up a lot of points. But ultimately, when you put him on a when you put him on a real team with real players that have a real shot at contending or trying to contend for a championship or get out the conference, he's a depreciating asset. He's a, he and, and that's what he is at this point. So the so the Kimber Walker contract, the Celtics are regretting it. And I knew they were they, like they the Celtics were regretting the Kimball Walker contract as soon as the ink got dry. OK, as soon as the ink got dry, they were they were they were regretting the Kimball Walker situation. And Danny Ainge now it's it's pretty interesting because Danny Ainge, this is the second point guard in the row, small point guard where you, you look at the, you look at the Isaiah Thomas situation. And then you look, now you have the Kimber Walker situation. Two small point guards, depreciating assets. Kimba, they're paying, they're paying Kimba a lot. And now it has come back and it's hurt them. And it's 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 come back to hurt them. And remember, in Kimba, he was supposed to be like the quote unquote Kyrie replacement. Now you all, you guys all know, I'm not too fond of Kyrie and his off the court antics, and you know, not talking to the media and so forth. But that Kimba was supposed to be the Kyrie replacement, and we, we all, everybody know, Kimba, he's a good, like I said, good player. He's a, he's a solid player, but he's not Kyrie. He's just not Kyrie. And like I said, he's a, he's a, he's a. And now Kimba Walker is a depreciating asset. His knees are not. His knees are just. They're just not what it used to be. And he. And, and, and it's well documented that Danny Ainge was trying to move him 
but teams would not bite because teams know miniature size point guard, bad knees, who can't really move and be and he's not really as shifty as he once was. That is a depreciating asset, and also he's a defensive liability. But I mean, the Celtics, they kind of they kind of done this to themselves. Danny Ainge is he he did this he digged his own hole. I mean, because they've done everything right. I mean, smart head coach and Brad Stevens, they draft pretty well. Like they, you know, they they collect a lot of picks. But what do I often say about these picks? Picks, 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 picks. The Celtics and the Celtics are so enamored with these picks. We want picks. What do I often say about them? And and, and, and turns out, you know, they drafted Jason Tatum. They drafted Jalen Brown, two really superb players. J- um, Jason Tatum, you know, he looks like an emerging superstar. Jalen Brown may be taking that same route. But I often say trade those picks for, for, for known commodities. Trade those picks for known commodities. You got to be aggressive. Who won the championship last year? The Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers won the championship last year. And a big a big part of them winning the championship was obviously Anthony Davis, the acquisition of Anthony Davis. Well, I remembered so many people so many people said, "Oh my god, the Lakers gave up so much to get Anthony Davis." No they did not. And I know he's hurt right now, you know. The Lakers won a championship last year. They won a championship. They went all out. Okay, you don't believe me? Look at the Toronto Raptors. The, the before last year, prior to last year, the, the the Raptors were the defending champions. What did they do? Oh, that's right. They traded for Kawhi Leonard, and they had that phenomenal championship run. Okay, you don't want to believe me. Uh, if that's too, if they, you know, you only say, oh, you're gonna say, oh, he was only a rental. Okay, okay. The Warriors, the Warriors, right? That I mean, they obviously great team before Durant, but then when they added Durant, they were just unstoppable. They took a chance. They they went out and they 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 were aggressive. I know it was via free agency, but they were aggressive. And too many times the Celtics they just lack this. Uh, they 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 lack to pull the trigger. And Danny Ainge and he and I'm not and and, and, and I, let me let me preference my comments about this. Danny Ainge, I'm not saying he's a bad GM, but he's not the best GM in basketball. And he has he's he probably has one of the worst trigger fingers in basketball as far as a GM. He has one of the worst he has one of the worst trigger fingers. Like it, it's just it, at this point it's just become unbelievable and unacceptable. They let they let Gordon Hayward walk. Gordon Hay was having a pretty good year this year in Charlotte. And the and the Celtics at this point, they are a good basketball team. They have some nice young players. Like I said, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart has either he he's even evolved as a really good starter in the league. They have a good they have a good team, but the Celtics have hit, they've hit a ceiling. Look around you. They've hit, they 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 have hit a ceiling because now who's the favorite out east? Most people are saying the Brooklyn Nets. What did the Brooklyn Nets do? 
They went out and traded for James Harden. And now, and, and, and now they're, I mean, I, I picked the Brooklyn Nets to get out the East, you know, prior to trading for James Harden. Now I even feel more confident about that, about them getting out of the East because they traded for James Harden. And the Celtics, their two biggest weaknesses is lack of depth in interior and like interior and like size in the interior. They lack size and they lack depth. And at this point, and they have lacked, they have lacked size for, for years now. They have lacked size for years. The Celtics, the Celtics haven't had an in, like they haven't had an enforcer in the interior since Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Literally. I kid you not. They haven't had they the Celtics have not had size and they have they have lacked size for so long. I think like the last time they had like a re, like real rim protection, it was Kevin Garnett and Kendrick Perkins. I kid you not. I, I kid you not. They, so the, the, so size has been a, a they, that's been a weakness for a very long time for the Celtics and now they lack depth. Now they lack depth. And I think about it like this. The Celtics they have been so nonchalant about not making moves. First, you guys remember the big time trade that ultimately put that ultimately gave the Celtics all of these assets as far as draft picks and these players that have turned into Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum and and Marcus Smart. You, you guys remember that trade with Brooklyn, right? Where they gave up Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and all those guys. You know, they they got they got, and the Brooklyn Nets. They gave the Celtics a haul, and it was probably it was probably one of the biggest trades <laughs> in NBA history. You guys remember that trade? And that and the Celtics, it, it put them in a great spot as far as a foundation, and they had all these assets. And now you're looking at, and, and you know, back then you look at Brooklyn, you're like, Brooklyn is so terrible. They're a bad team. But now you fast forward to 2021, and the Brooklyn Nets are closer to winning a championship than the Boston Celtics. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy when you think about it? The Brooklyn Nets are now closer to winning a championship than the Boston Celtics are at this juncture. But if you fast, but if you backtrack and you you just went back to that trade when that trade happened, you're like, the Celtics have a great foundation for years to come, and the Brooklyn Nets are going to be in salary cap hell. They gave up all of their assets. They did this and that. And it's gonna be a very long time before they re, before they reboot reboot, and now you fast forward to 2021, and now the Brooklyn Nets the Brooklyn Nets have a better chance at winning the championship than the Boston Celtics, and it's not even close, and it's not even close. That's one thing that's amazing. That's that's one thing that's amazing, and then Kimba Walker, like I said, he's a, he's a depreciating asset. Who the Celtics are? They're paying him max dollars, and I gave you, I gave you guys the Celtics two weaknesses, right? Lack of depth and lack of size. Those are the Celtics' two weaknesses, 
and I'm gonna and I'm gonna throw this offer out here, and I think it's I think it's totally legit and valid. The the contract and the money that the Celtics are paying Kimba Walker could have been allocated to their weaknesses as far as lack of depth and lack of size. And if they would have allocated that money to the to their weaknesses, they would be a better team right now than what they are with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That they'd be a better team. I, and I don't think there's no debate. I don't think there's no debate for that. If you took away Kimba and Kimba's contract and the Celtics allocated that money towards lack of depth and lack of size with the addition of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you telling me the Celtics are the better team today right now? You telling me this are you are you telling me the Celtics are not a better team today? right now than what they are they would be a better team right now if they allocated Kimball Walker's Kimball Walker's salary all towards their weaknesses and you take away Kimba and you just put that together with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown they would be in a much better position than what they are today and due to the Celtics lack of aggression not wanting to pull the trigger in the last 35 years the Celtics have won one championship. Last 35 years. Last 35 years, the Celtics have won one championship. Oh, and how did they get that championship? Because they made trades and they went they and they were aggressive. They went out and traded for Kevin Garnett. They went out and got Ray Allen. They won that one championship because they were aggressive. I think that's pretty telling. I think that's pretty telling. I rest my case. I think that's pretty telling. That in the last 35 years, the one championship that the Boston Celtics have, it's because they were aggressive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know what to make of this Celtics thing. I, I mean, I've been talking about this Celtics and Danny Ainge and his lack of aggression for years. And <laughs> it just comes to a point. I mean, the harsh truth is Danny Ainge and his lack of aggression and that Kimmel Walker contract. That's those are the harsh truths about the Celtics. Um, and it's like Danny Ainge, he has this 20 year plan that I, it, that just I don't know what the hell, like what the hell it's it, it was when LeBron was in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics were trying to just outlast LeBron. And uh, I mean, they did because LeBron went west. But now that LeBron's out of the conference, it's like, okay, what are you waiting for? Now you, you know, now you got Durant in the conference. You had Kawhi in the conference a couple years ago. You know, you just, it's just never been. Uh, it, the Celtics, they got to make moves. They got to be aggressive. It's as simple as that. They got to be aggressive. Okay, let's just let's just move on. <laughs> let's just move on. So last night, the All Star reserves were announced last night. They were announced. The two headliners, the two headlining players, James Harden, Damian Leonard, they made it. That was a given. Um, and I'm just going to give you guys the list. I'm going to run off the list from both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference reserves. So as I mentioned already in the Eastern Conference, James Harden, uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Julius Randu, Nikola Vucevic, uh, and Ben Simmons, and then out west, you have Damian Leonard, obviously, Anthony Davis, Donovan Mitchell, uh, 
Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, and Chris Paul. So, and I'm going to start out East. Um, I, and I saw, you know, a lot of the NBA world, NBA Twitter, including LeBron James, went crazy over the fact that Devin Booker got snubbed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that. But I want to. I'm gonna start with the Eastern Conference because it's gonna be pretty short. Because I really don't. I really don't. I I like what I saw from the Eastern Conference. I like the picks um, that the coaches made. Um, like I said, obviously Harden was a given. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Browns, those were those were givens. Uh, Julius Randle. I I really like this pick. I'm happy for Julius Randle. I mean, because <laughs> I I saw him. You know, I watched him in Kentucky. He didn't have a right hand, not really a great jump shooter. The Lakers, kind of the same case. He went to New Orleans. He, you know, finally found a groove in New Orleans in, in New York. And he's he's a he's a 40% three-point shooter. He's averaging 20 and 23 and 10. And he has the Knicks in the play in the playoff in the playoff picture. I mean, how good is that for Knicks fans? He has the Knicks in a in the playoff picture. I think they're I want to say they're the, the seventh or eighth spot. They're like right there. Um, Zach Levine, uh, you know he he is he's been balling out of his mind. He has the Chicago Bulls right near the same area in the same in the same in the same region as far as a uh, win loss record as Julius Randle and the Knicks. They're like right there. The Bulls are right there. Um, ben Simmons having a pretty good year. Uh, you know he's a he's a you know you guys know I like Ben Simmons. Um, now Vucevic, I was Vucevic of the Orlando Magic, and I know he's averaging he's averaging like 23, 24, and twelve. He's a twenty four and twelve kind of guy. I thought Demontes Sabonis should have made it. Sabonis is averaging twenty one, eleven, and six. And he has the Pacers in the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. I thought Sabonis should have made it. Now, I mean, Vucevic, he's, and Vucevic, he's a good player. You know, one of the better bigs. He's a big that not a lot of people talk about, but he's really skilled, really good. But I, me personally, I would have picked Sabonis um, because he has the numbers, Sabonis made the All Star game for the first time last year with with very similar numbers. And Indiana is a really good team. They're like they're 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 amongst the top four in the in the Eastern Conference. So I would have my pick would have gone towards Sabonis. I would have chose Sabonis over Vucevic, but that's just me. That's just me. But like I said, I want to I don't want I want to make that quick because. I saw the NBA world going crazy, going absolute crazy over Devin Booker getting snubbed. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. Devin Booker is a phenomenal player. Devin Booker, he's averaging uh, nearly 25 points per game on some really good shooting splits. Uh, I mean, he's a great player. And he's one of my favorite players to watch, like, as a scorer. He's one of my favorite players slash scores to watch. But first, I saw LeBron's tweet, and LeBron's tweet was Devin Booker is the most disrespected, like the most disrespected player in the NBA. 
simple as that. He deserves to be an all-star. And I would just question LeBron. If Devin Booker deserves to be an all-star, who are you taking out? I mean, who are you taking out? Are you taking you, you're not gonna take away Dame. You're not gonna take out Damian. You're not gonna take out Paul George. You're not gonna take out uh Donovan Mitchell. Who are you taking out? You're not gonna take out. You're gonna take out Rudy Gobert. Who are you taking out? Uh, I mean, Chris Paul. You're gonna take out Chris Paul because because I, I mean, and I get it. I get it. People are you know fans get upset. You know snubs and this and that. But I would just argue, who are you taking out of this uh, of this Western Conference list? And uh, Anthony Davis, that can be argued. Zion could be argued if you want to. But I think Chris Paul, I understand why Chris Paul got the nod. Mm, excuse me. I understand why Chris Paul got the nod over Devin Booker. And it's as simple as this. Phoenix is 20 and 10. And they're and they're the, they're twenty and ten in the fourth seed in the West, and a big reason why they're the fourth seed in the West is because of Chris Paul. It's because of Chris Paul, and and I, I know I know that I know the Chris Paul haters are out there. Oh my God, he's not even that good anymore. Yes, he is. Every single place, every environment, environment, every team that Chris Paul goes to, he's a winner. He's a winner. He leads. He leads the Suns in in, in assists per game. Per. He is a winner. Guess the Phoenix Suns record last year around this same time. Guess what their record was. Guess. Guess what? At this point of the season, guess what the Phoenix Suns record was. Eleven and twenty. So Chris Paul automatically, automatically, he makes the Sun. He makes the Suns. Nine to ten games better. Nine to ten games better. That that is the value of Chris Paul. That is why Chris Paul got the nod over Devin Booker. So I am not mad. And if you watch this, and I and luckily I watch a lot of Phoenix Suns. I watch a lot of their games. They're pretty they're pretty entertaining to watch. If you watch the games, you would be able to tell. Yeah, Chris Paul is. He, I'm not saying he's the only reason, obviously. He's not the only reason. But Chris Paul is the main reason why the Phoenix Suns are the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Chris Paul is the main reason why they're 20 and 10. Chris Paul is the main reason why the Phoenix Suns are 9 to 10 games better than what they were last year at this point. I mean, I mean, hey, hey, if... Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. But I'm just telling, I'm just giving you the facts. I'm just giving you the facts. And I and I and ultimately, I do think Devin Booker will make it because I don't think Anthony Davis will be healthy enough to play. I don't think Anthony Davis is going to play. So I think Devin Booker would then make it. But and I like Devin Booker. I like Devin Booker just as much as the next man. But Come on. Come on now. Chris Paul, come on. Chris Paul, he's the reason why Phoenix is in is near the, the top four in the Western Conference. He's the reason. He's the main he's the main reason why they're in the position where they are as far as their win-loss record and it's and where they stand in the Western Conference standings. Come on.
Now, I do think the NBA should. I don't know why. I don't know why they haven't. But with with thirty teams, and and this this used to be a rule with twelve players. Like you got to name twelve All Stars from each conference, and it used to be a rule because there were only twenty four teams. But in the NBA, once upon a time, but now the NBA, there's thirty teams. So to pick, so to hand pick twelve guys for each conference to make an All Star team, pretty difficult. They should really expand it to fifteen players. Fifteen players, a fifteen player All Star team. I don't know why they. I don't know why the NBA has yet to expand it. Because I mean, I mean, I I seen some crazy stuff too with these snubs. I mean, you know, you, you could you can name a couple more All Stars coming out of the Western Conference. Uh. Like I said, Devin Booker's having a really good year. Um, DeMar DeRozan, who I'm not very huge on, but he's having a good year. And San Antonio, they're in the playoff picture. Brandon Ingram, he he's putting up similar numbers that he what like what he did last year, and he made the All Star. So there's guys, there's guys in both conferences who got snubbed, who should have made it. Um, and if they just add 15, if they add 15 spots or I should say if they add three more spots, so there's 15 players for um each all-star team, it would be so much easier. It would be so much easier. I am glad to see that Zion, some people are probably questioning, like, should should Zion should have made it? I don't think Zion should have made it. Some people are probably saying that. I don't think Zion should have made it. I mean, Zion, he's putting up some great numbers. He and he's he's a he's a great scorer. I mean. <laughs> Zion is a great scorer. And he's he and he's been so efficient in the paint. He's been so efficient. And he's and obviously we all know about like the highlights. You know, he can put he can put he can straight put on a show. But he's probably the most guaranteed two-point basket in the league. Like Zion is the most guaranteed two-point basket in the league. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes. A lot of his stuff comes in the inside. He's really efficient. And he's probably the most he's probably the most accurate two point score. Like <laughs> he, he's the most guaranteed two point score in basketball. So I'm glad to see guys like Zach Levine make it. You know Zion Williamson make it because at the end of the day it's all star game. It's all star game, and you know Zach Levine and Zion Williams. Oh my God, I would love to see that dunk contest. I would love to see that dunk contest. I know Zach Levine has already said, "Hey, I'm not doing it." No, last couple times he got got robbed. But hey, I would I'm I'm glad to see it. Um I'm glad to see um you know these reserves. It should be a pretty it's a it's a it's it's really it's been really difficult this year as far as like trying to pick guys and you know the snubs. There's all there's always gonna be snubs though. There there's always gonna be snubs. Um so yeah. Those are all-star reserves. Those are my takes on the all-star reserve list that came out last night. Uh, let's move on to the Lakers and LeBron James. <clears throat> hey, y'all. I mean, okay, you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? You want to rep your favorite team? What are you waiting for? Go over to the 47 brand. They have up to a 30% sale right now. Up to a 30% sale right now. At the 47 brand, they have your favorite teams. It don't matter what sport, what league. It can be college football. It can be NBA, NFL, MLB, um, NHL. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Rep your favorite team. 
Don't miss out on that sale, the 47 brand. Let's move on to LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, they play. They got a big. They got a big game coming up tonight. They have. They're playing against the Utah Jazz. I'm pretty sure it's a national televised game coming on on ESPN. That Lakers and Utah game, and as you know, recently the Lakers are on a current three game losing streak. They lost to the Wizards one twenty seven to one twenty four. The Lakers gave up a seventeen point lead. Um, you know, in the midway throughout the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, LeBron LeBron did play great. LeBron had thirty one points, thirteen assists, nine rebounds. Uh, and down the stretch, him and Russell Westbrook they took turns missing game clinching free throws, and then so the game went to overtime, and LeBron missed a three pointer. He missed a game tying three pointer in overtime, and then that's what led to the Wizards winning. Uh, LeBron did have a defensive assignment that he missed. So, in many in many people, LeBron came out after the game, and he talked about the minutes, and the he talked about the narrative about LeBron playing all these minutes. And oh well, he came out about the he talked about the narrative about himself <laughs> playing all of these minutes and so forth. Uh, can we get the clip for that? Do we have the the uh? The clip where, you know, he talked about that. And we have the clip right here. The whole narrative of, um, you know, LeBron needs more rest or I should take more rest or I should take time here has become a lot bigger than what it actually really is. I, I've never talked about it. I don't talk about it. I don't believe in it. You know, I'm here to work. and I'm here to, to, to punch my clock in and be available to my teammates. Okay, so that was a little clip, uh, you know, of his post-game conference, and he's, you know, addressing the narrative and so forth. And and at the, you know, at the end of that, you know, that quote, he talked about, you know, how he punches the clock in and he's ready to go, and, and all that. And LeBron James, you can make an argument, LeBron James, and I don't think, <laughs> I mean, I don't think there is a legit argument, but LeBron James is arguably the most durable superstar that I have seen. It's like, as far as durability, he, he's probably one of the more durable superstars to ever play basketball, okay? Or in any sport for that measure. And I touched basis on this a couple weeks ago while discussing LeBron and, you know, the MVP race. But I first want to address how, you know, when he talked about in that punching the clock, I always... That is that's contrary to belief because LeBron, you know, back his his second time around in Cleveland, LeBron was very uh, he took time off throughout the regular season. Like he was not this full throttle. His 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 foot wasn't always on the gas pedal in Cleveland throughout the regular season. I mean, he took time off his I think his first year back in 2014 or 2015, his first year back in Cleveland, he took some time off early in the season. He took like a week, a week and a half off to go to Miami, you know, early, early in the season. So, and you know, the load management stuff and all that good stuff. So that's not, that's not all, that's not, that hasn't always been the, the case, but, over these last two years, and especially now, because we're realizing LeBron is, you know, he's playing 38 minutes a game. And, you know, 
in that Wizards game, he played 43 minutes. He played 43 minutes in that Wizards game. So everybody's noticing the high amount of minutes that LeBron is playing. And obviously he's in year 18. He's, you know, 36 years, years of age. So people are wondering, hey, why is LeBron playing all these minutes? And it, and it seems like it feels like we always have this kind of story with LeBron um, like around January, February, like right before. Like it seems like we always have this kind of story where the media begins to question LeBron and, oh, my God, can he play, the, you know, the, the workload and so, and so forth. But I told you guys a couple weeks ago, back to my main point. I told you guys a couple weeks ago, LeBron, he wants to win MVP. He LeBron wants to win MVP, and he wants to add on to his stats. To tr- And he's trying to keep it's, – it's obvious. He's trying to catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And like I said, I don't mind him doing it. I don't mind him doing it. I don't mind him doing it at all. Because ultimately he's trying to strengthen his goat case, and I'm not mad. I'm not mad at him. Like I said, I'm not mad at him for going at it. Now, obviously, the oh, I think LeBron's ultimate goal is to win the championship, right? I, I don't think I don't think LeBron is going to put stats and numbers above winning championships because ultimately I I do think he still he he wants to win a championship, obviously, but I don't think I nobody can't convince me. That LeBron is not trying to strengthen his numbers. That LeBron is not trying to win MVP. Like I, there's no doubt LeBron is trying to win MVP. I mean, I, I and to be honest, I think he's quite pissed off that he that he has not won MVP in about what eight years. I think he's quite pissed off that he hasn't won MVP in about eight years. So I have no problems with him trying to go for the, the 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 stats and the records because ultimately it's going to strengthen his goal case. You know, five MVPs, all-time leading score, top five in assists. Like, what if he finishes top five in assists and the all-time? Like, that, that only strengthens his goal case. So I'm not mad at it. But there is a certain point where I'm like, uh... In order to win the championship, LeBron is going to need to be fresh because LeBron, you know, you, obviously, you, hopefully, you get Anthony Davis back and he'll be healthy and ready, ready to go. But you want LeBron to be as fresh as possible, and with the with the amount of minutes that he's playing, and only it's only February, it does is it is kind of a head scratcher. It is something. It is a, a cause for pause. So I mean. I, I, I'm not I'm not fully against him playing all these minutes, but I do know farther time it's undefeated and I, I and like I said, LeBron is one of the more doable athletes in sports. I mean him and you look at him and Tom Brady. I mean these guys just define the odds. But but farther time obviously, one day it's gonna come knocking on their door. Now I, I now I'm not saying LeBron is just gonna LeBron is just gonna drastically decline. No, I'm not Max Kellerman where. You know, I'm, I'm LeBron's gonna fall off a cliff, and Tom. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do the cliff theory, but, but, <laughs> farther time will come knocking on LeBron James's Tom and Tom Brady's door, and I do think with the amount of minutes minutes that LeBron is playing at the pace that he's playing, I do think it it, it can wear him out. 
it can wear it can wear him out. It can wear a guy out, and it's okay. It's okay. And if if for LeBron, it's okay if LeBron says, "Hey, I'm tired." It's okay. We get it. We we understand. We were we will completely understand. At least I would. I would completely understand because I mean, let's be honest. LeBron's trying to carry. He's trying to carry this Laker team. The offseason acquisitions, like Marcus, like most notably Marcus, Wesley Matthews. Athletically, they're just not what they used to be. Um, Marcus, he's passed his time. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just. Not, I, I realize LeBron is trying to. His his workload is off the charts. He's trying to carry this roster. So I'm not. I'm not gonna put that past him. But I don't want to stay too long on this uh, topic because no, it's it's still. I'm not. As long as Anthony Davis is healthy, the Lakers will be fine. If Anthony Davis is not healthy, the Lakers will not make it to the finals. I think I told you guys that, but they will not make it to the finals if Anthony Davis is not healthy. Clear, clear as that. And if Anthony Davis is there, then we all know what's going to happen. I think the Lakers. I I had them as the favorites. If Anthony Davis is healthy, they should be able to get out the Western Conference, and I think they'll meet up with the Nets in the NBA Finals. Simple as that. Um, but hopefully LeBron, you know, starts to pace himself a little bit and so forth. Okay, so on to this. Uh... <laughs> wow. So let's move on. The, you know, still here, Dazay Kid Podcast. Um, <laughs> the Steelers. Are now so they're in, so Big Ben and the Steelers they met yesterday. They're gonna work out. They're gonna try to work out uh, their contract differences. They're gonna you know restructure and play with Big Ben's contract situation. And this is good news if you are a Ravens or Browns or Cincinnati Bengals fan. If you're a fan of those three teams, this is really good news that the Steelers are bringing Big Ben back. Um, and, and more so the Browns and Ravens because the Browns and Ravens are like competing right now. Cincinnati still got a long ways to go. Uh, I like Joe Burrow, but you still got a long ways to go. Nevertheless, the Steelers, they have a fish. They're selling their souls because it, it, it's so obvious. Big Ben is just begging. He is begging. for. He's on his knees begging for dear life. Give me another chance. Give me another chance. And the Steelers, um, they're selling their souls. They are, once again, as I mentioned last week, I think, if I can recall correctly, I'm Pittsburgh, please do not romanticize about the past. Do not romanticize about the past. Do not romanticize about the past. And what do you know? Reports come out. Stillers are willing to work with with Big Ben's and you know his contract. They're gonna fix it. They're gonna restructure it and all that good stuff. Yeah, the Stillers once again. Will, you know, they, they. I mean, they'd be okay, but they they won't be winning any significant playoff game. If you're a Stillers fan, do not expect a Super Bowl. If you're a Stillers fan, do not expect. Any significant type of playoff win. Don't expect any significant playoff moment because it won't happen. Big Ben is no longer, he's not, he's not, he's not physically able 
to play 16 games as a starting quarterback. He can't play 16, 17, 18, 18 games as a starting quarterback in the NFL no more. He just can't. He just can't. He just can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steelers fans. I'm sorry. I I I I don't know how I don't know how else to put it to you. I told you guys, Ben Roethlisberger, his greatest hit, like Ben and this and like I said, Ben Roethlisberger, great quarterback. He's he's going to be a Hall of Fame level quarterback. He's going to be a Hall of he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day. But Ben Roethlisberger, what he's doing, it is selfish, and you know he doesn't want to go out that way. But like I said, everybody can't go out like John Elway. Everybody can't retire after winning a Super Bowl like Peyton Manning and John. Like it just don't work that way. It don't it don't work that way. And if I was the Steelers, how 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 can you be bringing Ben Roethlisberger back? How can you? Ben Roethlisberger is a quarterback. His greatest strength is his off script plays. Ben Roethlisberger is really good off script. Like off script, he is phenomenal as far as off script plays. But in order to be phenomenal while being off script, obviously you have to have some great athletic talent. You have to have good arm talent, and you have to you have to be you you have to be in shape. Ben Roethlisberger is none of those things anymore. He's not in shape. He's not the athlete that he once was, and his arm strength is completely gone. And you know what Steelers fans keep telling me? You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what people keep telling me about the Steelers and this Big Ben situation? Oh, Isaiah, they they don't have any. Who who's the backup plan? They don't have any other plan. They don't have any other plan. Who who's the who? If Ben leaves, what do they do? I continuously have Steelers fans tell me. Well, whatever options do we have other than Big Ben? We need Big Ben. No, you don't. But imagine if you if you had that type of thinking in everyday living. Like, um, I mean, I guess I'm a marrier because who else is gonna marry me? Or I, I guess I'm gonna get this car because there's no other cars in the market. What do you mean? Like the stiller, like like the stillers, they keep using that as the argument as to why. You know, you know, I mean, who, whatever quarterback options are out there, we, like, Ben is the best we can do. Like, no, it's not. But the Steelers, they have this way as far as uh, as far as an organizational structure where they don't take a lot of risk. I mean, they don't take a lot of big swings. They don't. They really don't. Um, I think the last like notable trade that they, like the last big time notable trade that went down. Um, that was like that was like real, or like a really franchise changing trade was Jerome Bet was Jerome Bettis the bus where they traded for Jerome Bettis. That was the only like the last trade that I can think of where the Steelers made a real franchise altering move. But the Steelers, you know, they're reluctant. They wanna they wanna they wanna think about the past. They wanna romanticize about the past, and that's maybe that's probably one of the reasons why they haven't won anything in, in recent history. I mean, it seems like ancient history since uh, Roethlisberger's two Super Bowl wins. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not, I, <laughs> I, I just, I just hate that when people, when the Steeler fans keep saying, well, whatever quarterback, well, whatever options out there. I mean, that type of thinking, I, I, I couldn't imagine having that type of thinking in everyday living. I mean, 
well, I mean, I guess I like, no, no, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. And <laughs> you just don't have to. And it hurts the Steelers because it hurts them in this aspect because they went 11 and 0. So their thinking is like, well, maybe if COVID didn't happen, maybe we have a chance. Like, no, you don't have a better chance. You don't. You simply don't. <laughs> the the you just simply don't have a better chance. And Mike Tomlin even you know he he even said it this past year. They suck. They they lack actually execution. And it's in with Ben Roethlisberger. It starts with your quarterback. It ends with your quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger is not a study geek. He's not a study guru. He doesn't study film. Um, he's not on the TB12 method. And like I said, he is a off-script quarterback who relies a lot on his athleticism, um, his arm strength, his arm talent. And now as that just that, – that arm talent has gone down, it has declined, he is no longer the athlete, he, he moves like a chair, it's just bad to watch. And now the Steelers, they're trying to work out the contract situation – those are the latest reports, and it's just utterly ridiculous. Okay, so uh, let's shift gears back to the NBA. I'm going to wrap it up. I don't want to hold you guys any much longer. So, like I, I already mentioned this game, but the the Dallas Mavericks, they beat the Boston Celtics in a really good game. I watched it. It was a really good game between the two teams. Obviously, Luka Doncic came up with some big time, with two big time three pointers at the end of the fourth quarter. Uh, one of those three pointers being the game winning shot. Uh, Luka finished with 31 points. And the Mavericks are back above 500. Or I think they're 500, right? They're 500. Uh, yes, they're 500 at 15 and 15. They're at the ninth spot, um, and Luca Luca's phenomenal. Okay, Luca's phenomenal. Luca Doncic is phenomenal. Uh, he, he's he's clearly he is clearly going to be one of the better young players in the next in 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 in, in you know once once the older guys retire, like Luca has next right. Luca is gonna be. He's he's gonna be. He's gonna be in the NBA. He's gonna be the face of the NBA or one of the faces of the NBA for the next ten years because he is a he is a complete offensive weapon, very similar to uh, James Harden, <laughs> very similar to James Harden. He got off to a rough start. The Mavericks as a as a team got off to a rough start. Luca's back in shape. He's found his three point shot over this last. I mean, over the last month, really, he's been tearing up February. I mean, he's Luca's been absolutely going crazy in February. And he's found this three-point stroke. Now, the thing with the Mavericks, the a lot of people, including myself, had a lot of high high expectations for Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Luka Doncic was looked at as a preseason favorite to win MVP. Um, his numbers are, are, are spectacular. I mean, he's averaging 29, nine and nine. Um, <laughs> like he's, he's putting up great numbers. Now we all know the Mavericks, 
that you know the winning the, the winning there hasn't been enough winning yet. Uh, they like I said, they're sitting at fifteen and fifteen, right one spot right outside the eighth spot in the Western Conference. So they are they are trying to you know catch up and make some ground up. But I think the big question mark here for the Mavericks is as far as like in the Ma- in the Mavericks as a team, we looked at them in the bubble, and we I mean they could have beaten the Clippers. In the first round, really, if if Porzingis is healthy, and that is the thing, I'm gonna talk about that. That's the big that's the big issue. But the Mavericks was looked at as a team where maybe they can't, maybe maybe they're not like they're not gonna win the Western Conference, obviously. But maybe the Mavericks could be a team that you know get to the second round. That's how we were looking at the Mavericks coming, in, you know, throughout the summer. That's how we was looking at the Mavericks, especially with their performance in the bubble. But it, it hasn't happened like that. And, you know, now we're hearing Kristaps Porzingis' name in trade rumors. And obviously Mark Cuban came out and denied it. But and he, and he did the right thing by denying it. But we all know. The Mavericks are shopping around Porzingis. They're getting, they're, you know, they're, they're taking their calls. They're doing their due di- their due diligence because with a guy like Luka Doncic, you're you're trying to capitalize and and best utilize his abilities and put him around the better, the best, put him around the best set of guys that's going to take your team to the next level. And that is the thing with the Mavericks. If the Mavericks want to be ta- want to be taken serious. Um, as a, a as a legit Western Conference contender, well, it starts. It, it doesn't start with Luka Doncic because obviously that's a given. He's going to be there every night. But Kristaps Porzingis' health is a big reason. His health and his contract situation is is entirely huge, and it's 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 really dependent on it. This is the Mavericks' chances are dependent on his health. And Kristaps can't stay healthy. Kristaps Kristaps Porzingis, he just can't stay healthy. And he has a litany of injuries. I mean, dating back to his rookie year, second year, every single year he's had a litany of injury and he has missed a great portion of games. And he's missed 13 games already this year. Um, In a shortened year, he's missed 13 games already. So I think that's one interesting dynamic that we have to look for and keep an eye on. And also, probably more, even more importantly, is the contract situation with with Porzingis. And 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 I like Porzingis. Um, you know, long, tall athlete. You know, could could, at times can be a really good rim protector. Uh, can stretch the floor out. He's you know he's he's a he's a he's a solid rebounder. Averages eight rebounds a game. He puts up 20 and a half points per night. It, it, he's a good player. That's the thing, though. He's a good player, but the Mavericks are paying him a max player's salary. And I don't I'm not sure if Porzingis at this point, at least to this point, I'm not sure if he's playing like a first or second option. But that is how the Mavericks are paying him. So that may that may cause a fork in the road where the Mavericks are trying to, you know, legitimately shop him seriously. But the Mavericks, if your name is not Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, then you're, you're getting shopped. 
Um, that 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 doesn't mean you're not that that doesn't mean you're getting traded, but that just means the Mavericks are doing their due diligence around the league because they have they have one of the top, one of probably one of the one of the top ten players in basketball, and they're going to surround him with the best supporting cast. So that goes for anybody. Um, that's not named Luca, really. Uh, but Porzingis, right? You know, with him being the second option. With him getting paid a max, max dollars, people are going to look at that. Mark Cuban's going to look at that and like, hey, we he, either he has to amp it up and, and prove that he can be healthy. We're going we're gonna to try to move this guy before it's too late. Um, and I think it's a really interesting situation to watch out there for in Dallas. But I do think Dallas, second half of the year, and they're starting to find their groove right now, but second half of the year, I do think they'd be there – you know, get back into the top eight. I think. I think they will try to pursue a playoff spot. I think they will get in, into a playoff spot. Um, yeah, I, I think they will. And I'm, I'm thinking. I watch the Mavericks a lot. I, I watch them pretty frequently. And I'm thinking they maybe if they play at a more up tempo pace, maybe that'll help them out offensively a little bit because I see Luca very ball obviously very ball dominant and you look at his usage rate usage rate it's out the roof. So maybe if they could pick up the pace and their three point shooting has been lacking. So with picking up the pace, paying playing up tempo, that can maybe layer some of those offensive struggles that they've been having. But the Josh Richardson that Josh Richardson trade is has not been panning panning out well so far. He's shooting like 31, 32% from three-point range. I thought he would be not an upgrade from step, not an upgrade from Seth Curry offensively, but an upgrade defensively. And his impact just hasn't been felt quite yet. Um, but that's all I wanted to touch bases on. Um, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Greatly appreciate it. We're doing sweet. You you guys are doing so good with spreading the word, spreading this podcast. Please continue to do so. Uh, I bid you adieu. Um, until next time, I catch you guys. Enjoy this episode. Uh, always remember two choices, one decision. Shout out to all the Apple Apple Podcast listeners, Spotify listenership. Uh, iHeartRadio listenership and, and, and all those other platforms that you guys use. Greatly appreciate it. Um, once again, gone deuces. Peace. Enjoy y'all. Enjoy y'all week.